0: New York Times critic Vincent Canby said this movie is not quite network, but that it also doesn't take itself too seriously. Destin Thompson of the Washington Post advised audiences to stay at home and watch professional wrestling. And the Miami Herald's Hal Boddicker called it a septic tank of a movie. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of the running
1: man. Seek, 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 Re,
0: re, reboot. Which one will
1: it be? It's the Moon Child Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Greetings, Dan. And it's to your all boy. Of our star it's our boy
0: mm. it's we have well, a lovely boy it's
1: mean, <laughs> a beautiful have, boy surprise <laughs>
0: you have a 42 and a half year old child that's what i always
1: wanted you, are you counting half years still <laughs> fuck yes okay cool so i'm sorry i'm not afraid i don't fear the reaper okay well this is ruined childhood <laughs> ruined childhood
0: <laughs> ruined childhood we've pluralized the We've improperly pluralized the child and singular God, I'm supposed to teach this stuff. Maybe we should just start over.
2: <laughs> no, we should not. No, uh,
0: no,
1: we have we've started down this water slide. There is no going back up. Is All right. A- you're listening um, to Ruin Childhoods. We are joined on this episode a by Very special
2: episode. Flora. <laughs> a very special person. <laughs> just because you're says- here
1: doesn't mean that it's a special yeah. episode. <laughs>
2: Okay. It
1: was it was
0: Laura's birthday last week. So this is true. It was Happy her birthday, birthday wish.
2: It was. I really badly wanted to be on this very special episode.
0: <laughs> okay. Not a special episode. Well, <laughs> it is no, John, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to agree with Laura here. It's a special episode because it's our last
1: 1987 episode. I thought they were gonna say it's our last episode. I was like, man. <laughs> Go out Surprise. On top. <laughs> I'm done with this shit. Yeah. The running man, that's me. Uh yeah. So, so we've done our 1987 films, and I, I mean, I'm just going to spoil the end of the episode, but we've already talked, did we already talk about it on social media? What our next month is going to be?
0: Y- yes, it was mentioned in an Instagram post from yesterday, yesterday being June 22nd. Yes, Monday, June uh,
1: to honor the now late great. Joel Schumacher, we're going to do a month of Joel Schumacher films. It will be July, July, which is better <laughs> said than spelled. Yeah. It's hard to write
0: it and have it not look like Jolie, like like Jolie Richardson or Jolie Fisher, right,
1: or yeah. any other Jolies you may know. Those are the only two. Those the
2: only two I can think yeah. of.
1: Those are the Jolies. So, <laughs> Laura, thank you for joining us. Not this very special episode. Yeah, <laughs> on this
0: episode. Well, I have it so. I wanted to throw out a question just because it's before we even get into the movie, before we get to the one more thing, because it has already come up that it is a special episode in our last 1987 episode. (laughs) It's an episode. One of my favorite things about 1987 is the music and we it came up ever so briefly on our hiding out episode oh, where we yeah. spoke about the you know Catch Me I'm Falling by Pretty Poison being kind of a quintet. like I listen to that song and it is 1987 it is not the 80s it is 1987 in my in my heart when I hear that song and I think there's a lot of for me at least and I, I think music is very individual experience but for me there are some really signature songs and i wanted to i'll share some of mine both soundtracks and just like soundtrack of life from 1987 i wanted to hear what your favorites were and because i'm springing this on you i'll 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 hit you with some of mine okay. to give you a chance to, to uh
1: think. well before you get started oh this is 1988 but i am going to bring this up as an example of something that i uh, is kind of a a Dan story. For some reason, I remember when I was a kid, and I'm (laughs) assuming that I was, you know, four. Well, I guess five at this point. I was born in 83. So it must have been 88, 89 maybe, but you were going to school. You were, I don't remember what, I guess you were 10. So that's probably like fourth or fifth grade, something like that. Well, if I was, if it was 88. Oh, 88, 89. Okay, so you were a little bit older than that. Eighty-eight, eighty-nine. Yeah, I would have been in sixth grade. Right. So this makes sense because we were at Livingston Avenue Elementary School, uh, which was the grade four through six at the time. I think that it may have may have changed since then. And you were, I can't remember what you did in this talent show, but there was a talent show that I went to that you, was because you were doing something in it. And I have a very vivid memory (laughs) of some of your classmates doing a lip sync dance to the song Dial My Heart by the boys. Your face just really did a Dan face right there. What is that about? It it was just I remember they had like these giant cutout like prop, um, like rotary phones. I remember that. Okay. Do you really? So
0: No, I I will tell you what prompted. (laughs) I will tell you. Well, now that you mention it.
1: Yes, it's the type of thing that I wouldn't have. The boys? What? I had to Google and, and find out who the artist was. But I remember the song Dial My Heart. For sure, but,
0: and now that you mention it, I remember that it exists. I mean, I was going to say existed, but I suppose it still exists. And, but like, I wouldn't have remembered that in a million years. And and depending on, yeah, I remember for one of those talent shows, I did a, I did a Charlie Chaplin and the Keystone oh, Cops routine. I,
1: I think that yes, it was that night. I do remember. So that, that was the that was the fifth grade one. Yeah. I I did so around that. Around that age for me, we were doing little talent show things during our lunch period at school. And very similarly, and this will tell you like the six years later version of that, since that is how much younger I am than you, I did a lip sync dance routine with my friend paul marmo shout out paul marmo wherever you are whatever you're doing i think that he actually was involved with um what's that children's song thing that's like a nationwide um music together music together i think he was doing that but Um, he and i did a routine to the weird al parody classic the white stuff stuff. The white stuff. The first one was a sweet one. Second one was a blast. Soon I finished off the bag, ate them up real fast. You can see them in my teeth.
0: Pet when I talk. Had so many of my pancreas, just went in a shock. I love the white stuff, baby.
1: That's brilliant. While we're on the topic of talent shows. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey,
0: a lot of ta- a lot of virtual talent shows this year. Are there? Uh, I, in fact, participated in one. Oh. I did a talent show act this year. So the high school where I teach was hosting a virtual talent show and staff and students alike were invited to submit videos of under three minutes, which ruled out a lot of my my top choices, all of my best stuff, my, my good stuff, my raps, my rhymes, my beats are all in the five minute range. Gotcha. My My Of Mice and Men rap, five and a half.
1: Dan, I'll tell you. Solid. Feels like six and a half. So. <laughs> There's a lot of information in that in It's that the rap. whole, it's the whole plot. <laughs> uh,
0: so, so I was like, well, what am I going to, what am I going to do? And I, I. It being a high school talent show and this being Seattle, a more progressive area, the times being what they were and the mood I was in that week, I was like, huh, you know what comes in at just under three minutes is Peter Finch's I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore monologue from Network. Oh, Oh,
2: I was thinking, fuck the police. But that was not where you were going.
1: I don't think that 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 would go over well. Just given his position as faculty.
2: No, I hear that now.
1: No, that
0: would be, if I was already planning on leaving the school, maybe, uh, but also that doesn't come in under three minutes, so... Right.
2: No, that's a enough. solid four and so, a half.
0: So, okay. I did, and it's funny because I recorded it after we did, I forget which episode, but it was after we recorded an episode one night, and it was a later night, and the quality on my, the the computer camera that I used to record it was kind of grainy, and the light is all dark, and I'm, oh I'm looking... Disheveled. Uh, I think this was during those two weeks when I didn't shave my head. And so I just kind of had like that little bit of like middle-aged growth kind of orbiting my scalp. Uh, you know, I kind of had like a C. The, the C horseshoe
1: ring. formation as George Costanza, I believe, called it. There we go. Yes. The
0: horseshoe formation was coming in strongly. And, the and I just, I had this like crumpled up shirt and tie and sport jacket because I never wear these things so I totally looked as drunk as he is in the movie <laughs> and uh I was trying not to do Peter Finch I had all the I had it all printed out and taped up on the walls around me <laughs> Oh my me. um and I was trying not to do Peter Finch but it's it's really hard um but it was all edited. All the acts were edited together in this video. And there were four judges chosen from staff and they were, of course, three of them are kind of like, you know, the, the wittiest, uh, slash harshest <laughs> critics. Okay. Uh, the other one, whom was the Paula Abdul of definitely the Paula Abdul of the crew there to be positive And, and then it was three Simon Cowells. So, uh, it was funny. Very the, appropriate they,
1: that you bring up Paula Abdul on this episode. I know, right? She didn't we'll get to that.
0: Okay. No. Oh, oh. Well, that and yes, we'll get to it. So anyway, so that was my talent show. So speaking of talent shows, and Chloe, my six-year-old, for those tuning in for the first time, that I'm mentioning her. Chloe had a virtual talent show for which she chose to dance to the March from the Nutcracker Suite. The dun, 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 oh my. Dun, 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 in her, in her like foofy fairy dress with waving her wand around on our back deck. And she's just like leaping around and spinning. And it's so funny because it was. And that also came in at around three minutes. But then other kids' talent show videos were like, this is how I throw a ball up and catch it. Ah. And that was the video. And I'm just like, did we go overboard? <laughs> but Overboard is not the 1987 movie no, we're talking but, about today. So
1: we started this off by talking about 1987 music, the music of 1987. And you wanted yes. to ask about our... 1987 jams the the two that come up for me are it's the end of the world as we know it which is for sure a classic people are bringing it up every week i feel and since i don't know uh november 2016 maybe And I think that the other one that sticks out for me is Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now by Starship.
0: You know, it, like I said, it's personal. I was thinking about R.E.M. songs because, of course, that's the year Document comes out. But to me, R.E.M. music is kind of timeless. Uh, sure. Yeah. 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 So for me, it was really to think about songs that were like, this song could not have existed. It could not have been created in. I mean, it, yeah, a lot of these songs were probably created earlier than 1987. But right. it's like, yeah. this song is so like... Heaven is a place on earth, Belinda yeah. Car- Carlisle, who I had such a crush on. Oh, when yeah. I was
2: 10. Oh, my gosh. Lady in oh, Red. Yeah.
0: It's a good one. L- that is an 87 classic right there. But nothing's going to stop us now. Oh, very yeah. 87. Hands down.
2: never seen you looking so lovely
0: as you did tonight. I've never seen you shine so bright. Mm hmm. I've never seen so many men ask you if you wanted to dance. Looking for a little romance, give out half a chance. I have never seen that dress you're wearing. All the highlights in your hair that catch your
1: eye. I have been blind.
0: Who's That Girl? Anything off the Who's That Girl soundtrack?
1: I'd also have to say that even though this was not a song from 1987, the song La Bamba is a very 1987 song for me. I mean, the movie came out, but I think that's what gave it the resurgence that we connected with. And as you've mentioned, I don't know if it was on this podcast or off off air, but that was one of the albums that you had in the car playing on repeat in 1987. So... La Bamba is a big one.
0: And here he is, America's newest rock and roll sensation, the California kid, Richie Valen.
1: Here's a bit of a rattlesnake.
2: Doo doo doo
0: The La Bamba, that was another another couple on my list, and I've started put together a Spotify playlist of just like the 1980s. because there's the also like the oh, soundtracks, man. like the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, Beverly Hills Cop two. There are songs on the Beverly Hills Cop two soundtrack, Shakedown, Bob Seger. Oh yeah, um, uh, the the Jets um, was it? Oh, I forget what song the Jets had, Across My Broken Heart or something like that. Oh, I don't know. Um, George Michael's I Want Your Sex, yeah, Jermaine Fave? Jackson. Jermaine Jackson, all revved up. Oh, I'm talking specifically oh the Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack. Oh, album. okay, yeah. Big but time, yes, Peter also,
2: Gabriel. Big time. Um, big time, my Sledgehammer, In Your Eyes. Goodness.
0: Those are all big from that year. For, in Your Eyes, from saying, in you know, featured and say anything. Right. Dirty Dancing soundtrack is that year. So Eric and Eric Carmen's Make Me Lose Control. Is one yeah. of those songs that, for me, is nineteen. Is at turn the radio up? And there's the big like drum boom in the background, and, and it's Jennifer singing "Stand by Me." It's, I'm so sorry, <laughs> I was listening to it earlier,
1: and so, I was out in the yard doing some stuff, and I got into it. And you were so. thinking this is your last opportunity to uh, celebrate culture. Of 1987,
0: 19. So I, I, yeah, well, that's what I wanted to ask the two of you is is like, what are the, the like, what stands out to you is specifically 1987,
2: Laura? I mean, okay, I've got the the list of the Hot 100 Billboard from '87, and I mean, not even counting number one, "Walk Like an Egyptian," and number two, "Alone," both great songs. Um. Getting just a little down the list, Here I Go Again by Whitesnake. Oh. oh yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. That song's amazing. Um, Living on a Prayer, Bon Jovi. Everybody have Classic. fun tonight. Wang Chung. Wang
0: Chung, of course. Was that 1987? Oh,
2: According I thought that was- According to this Wikipedia article. Earlier. Um, I think we're alone now. Tiffany.
0: Yeah. though that was Tiffany and Debbie Gibson that year. Quite a year. What the a year. fight, Only in My Dreams- Yes. Debbie Gibson. That's right. Um, <laughs> so Laura, Laura, were you, were you more of a Tiffany person or a Debbie Gibson?
2: I was a my parents were old, so I listened to music from the 50s person.
1: So you listen to the original, I think we're alone now. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Debbie Gibson <gasps> song. Debbie Gibson did not do covers.
2: Control Janet Jackson.
1: Oh, yeah. Mm.
2: Give me a beat.
0: Mm. So <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm sorry,
0: we didn't. We were not there to give you a beat.
1: Yeah, so we're talking about 1987. I, uh, Laura, do you have anything that screams that 1987 to you, just off the top of your head, uh, other than
0: not just music, not just
1: yeah. music oh, or, or movies? Um,
2: I'm pretty sure yeah. one of my nieces was born in '87, so that would have been the year that I discovered uh, like raw, very angry jealousy. Ah, yeah, okay. Because I'd always been the baby. And then my niece was born and I did some real fucked up stuff. Oh, wait, this is not really a swearing show. I'm so sorry. This We is- will mark
1: it as explicit.
2: <laughs> you're going to yeah. have to. Um,
1: Usually we don't start swearing
0: until later on in the episode. No, you're
2: going to get yeah. it early and often when I'm no, on a very special episode. It's uh, just an episode.
0: So. <laughs> it's a fucking special episode. It's, it's episode, one and only
2: episode That's, that's something to
1: celebrate, Thank right? Thank you.
2: My birthday, episode yeah. 70, Paula Abdul birthday. Happy episode
1: 70. Happy
2: my birthday episode. Yes, yes.
1: episode 70.
2: My birthday special episode, <laughs> very special. So uh,
1: for anybody who's uh, tuning in for the first time, if you are enjoying what Laura is spitting out, you could also hear her on the episode that we did about the movie Soap Dish earlier, uh, about a year ago. Was, well, not last year August. ago. Yeah, last August.
2: If you want to hear some words bungled, That's your episode. Or this is
1: your episode, because we've got (laughs) quite the roster. We've only just begun.
2: Uh, Is that one of the songs?
0: Not from 1987. That's a much (laughs) older song.
2: He's really bringing it all around.
0: I remember from 1987 when we were in California at Venice Beach, I got the the puppets, the punching, the boxing puppets, and it was Ronald Reagan. Reagan. (laughs) It was like punching Ronald Reagan. I wish I still had that. But
2: so was this uh, the that video that was recorded by your parents on the, the like home video yeah. video that I've seen a million times.
1: You've seen like you once, seen yeah. It a million twice. times. i seen it twice.
2: Have you seen it at all? Yeah. Really? Yeah. When we were at your parents' place. Oh boy. They brought out the California S- video.
1: Nice, nice. Yeah, the summer so, of '87 yeah. video is like a classic home video in our family's history.
2: Eighty-seven.
1: And a lot of the music that sticks out of my head could be things that were playing like on the, you know, Santa Monica Pier.
0: I'm pretty sure there was like some, some, some like cameo playing on, on yep. that pier. Or some, uh, there might've been some catch me. I'm falling. I don't know. Yeah. Lisa,
1: Lisa, Lisa and the cult jam. So on this episode, we're talking about the running man. <laughs> John's but before we do, running. Okay.
2: Oh boy.
0: <laughs> I have a one more thing.
2: A one more Tell thing? Tell me your
1: one more thing about Hollywood Shuffle.
0: My one more thing for Hollywood Shuffle, and I actually have a one more thing for Throw Mama from the Train and oh. Hollywood Shuffle. Okay. So my my one more thing for Throw Mama from the Train is I don't know how I missed it, but man, that would make a good musical. Yeah. Would make a great musical. Sure. And I would like to see that. And my my actually two more things on uh, Hollywood Shuffle are first of all, recognizing and we talked a little bit about Meteor Man, but also talking about Robert Townsend's other films, especially The Five Heartbeats.
1: Yeah, that's, I've never seen it, but I've watched clips to prepare for Hollywood Shuffle just to get my mind in like Robert Townsend mode. And the the clips make me really want to watch the movie. It's really good. I I mean, I haven't seen it, I don't
0: know, since the early 90s. Uh-huh. But
1: it's 91, remember, 92, something like that.
0: Yeah, I think 91. I mean, I saw it on VHS one night and it, it was, I just remember the music was really good. I thought the story was really interesting. And, you know, it's about like a Temptations-esque mm-hmm. group making it making it big. But um, I wanted to, th- to throw that out there. And I also feel like I neglected to mention uh, another film that Hollywood Shuffle brought to mind that is one of my f- favorites and it's just been added to the Criterion collection and I really want to get a copy of it is bamboozled Spike Lee's Bamboozled Have you seen that John
1: No I have not seen Bamboozled I am ashamed to say it Well it's
0: it's it's been really hard to find I had a DVD copy like I got it when it first came out on DVD and then I lent it to someone that I worked with and Never got as so many things that we lend out, you know, never got it back and haven't been able to find a copy. And then they recently added it to Criterion. So just kind of waiting until I feel like it's worth it to um, to make that investment. But Bamboozled, which is Spike Lee's uh, film from 2000, where I think it was 2000 or 2001, uh, in which. It's uh, Damon Wayans plays a a network executive who's kind of tasked with creating a televised minstrel show.
1: Right. I remember the minstrel show aspect of it from things that I've read or clips that I've seen. I The poster, I believe, is reminiscent of a lot of that, you know, very racist artwork and it's but what's what's really interesting
0: is we talked a little bit about in living color and the question of like did in living color perpetuate stereotypes did it do uh you know more harm than than good and i thought was thinking about bamboozle and i'm like well damon Wayans plays the executive and he's got this great monologue that he does about uh cpt colored people's time Hmm. and it has always stood out to me how condescendingly he says it, and that it also stars Tommy Davidson, who's also an originals cast member of In Living Color. So, uh, okay. And also, and Savion Glover was in that film as well. And I think Jada Pinkett Smith is, is in it. I mean, it's, I haven't seen it in like almost 20 years. No, I got to check it out. Yeah, you really do. I highly recommend it um w- one of spike lee's most uh, impactful films possibly his boldest film
1: yeah and just since we recorded that episode this is something that i feel like we would have mentioned on that episode but there's been a lot of interesting things going on about people in the entertainment industry recognizing mistakes that they've made in the past and addressing them such as oh yes Jimmy Kimmel uh, and his um, doing blackface on The Man Show. uh, Tina Fey said that they're removing episodes of 30 Rock from, you know, streaming services. There are four episodes, I believe, where there are different instances where there is blackface used. And, of course, you know, the intention wasn't to glorify that but that doesn't matter and that's what Tina Fey recognized is that that is not important what's important is that she is a person who you know has the responsibility to portray people in a way that is right and even if you're doing blackface to prove a point about how bad blackface is doing it as a white person is a misstep And
0: I want to add also that it's also, first of all, bravo to her. Like she, as far as I know, made that call. And also it's, there's a time and a place and yes, it's satire. And yes, it would be great if we could all understand the purpose of satire. But the fact is, is that there are, is that there are people out there who will take that and use that as an excuse. Sure. Yeah. To just be racist and it takes a lot of maturity and awareness to say like, even though we did this with a very specific purpose, right now it is not a good time to have that streaming and it could and the point could be and most likely has been very easily missed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Laura, I know that you did not have much TV growing up, but were you an In Living Color fan?
2: I mean, yes, when I saw it, when I could see it, when I could sneak out and see it, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like nothing I'd ever seen before.
1: Just in the, the same way that shows like In Living Color were a certain representation of the world in its time as portrayed by you know, the entertainment industry, so we have The Running Man. How was that? Was that okay? That
2: was, that bridge right back up. Great. So
1: The Running Man is uh, directed by Paul Michael Glazer. Not our first Paul Michael Glazer movie.
2: What was the? (gasps) The Cutting Edge.
1: Yes. Laura has done her homework.
2: Well, no, I'm looking at your screen. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) Yeah, I can read that very well.
1: All right. Stop reading things.
2: Uh, By the way, I watched The Cutting Edge for the first time when John watched it for this podcast, and it blew my mind. I loved it so much.
1: Yeah. So this was a few years before that, very different tone of a movie. And Paul Michael Glazer was, I think, the fourth or fifth director that was on this movie. (laughs) I think it went through a lot of other directors before. They were just like, all right, how how about this guy?
0: He has a pulse. Miami Miami Vice has already done sh- shooting its season. Paul Michael
1: Glazer is free. Yeah, I think he had only done TV up until yeah. this point. So, yeah. Oh, Arnold yeah. was dead set against it. Yeah.
2: But really briefly, like I'm looking obviously at John's little like thing on his computer It has lots of text about people in the movie, etc. And it says director Paul Michael Glazer Glazer Glazer. <laughs> oh no. But I, I for a second, read it as Dr. Paul Michael Glazer, and I was like, what is he a doctor in? Oh my God. (laughs) And there we begin.
1: Yes, I have director abbreviated as DIR. So, anyway.
2: Important, important, important little eye. Oh no, okay.
1: So, for anybody who doesn't know, this movie stars Arnold Schwarzenegger and. He is, as we teed up in our last episode, essentially a superhero. And this is such an, an amazing movie to be talking about during this time when we're dealing with police deceit amongst a riot, uh, you know, a, a, a crowd of looters. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, it's very prescient.
1: Yeah. Do you want me to just dig into our synopsis here? Do it. Okay. The year is 2017, and Ben Richards is a police helicopter pilot with a conscience in dystopian Bakersfield, California. When a group of rioters are spotted looting for food and Richards is directed to fire on the crowd, he refuses since they are all unarmed. His group rallies around him and fights him off in order to spray bullets at the crowd. Richards is framed for the mass killing, and the world has turned against him. After he breaks out of his labor camp, He tries to find his brother to help him get away. Much to his surprise, his brother moved away and a young woman named Amber was living in his brother's old place. Amber believes that Richards is the killer the media has played him out to be and tries to get away from him, but he convinces her to try to help him escape. Once they are at a transit station, she gets away and Richards is identified. He is then drafted to appear in a popular game show called The Running Man which pits convicts against human killing machines in a live televised event. Richards is paired up with his co-escapees, Weiss and Laughlin. Ultimately, it's up to Richards to kill his way through the show. He is soon joined by his old friend Amber, who was caught uncovering the unedited footage from the Bakersfield massacre that could prove Richards' innocence. She saw on a news report that he assaulted her during his escape attempt, which she knew not to be true, leading her to believe his story about being framed. Now that she is in The Running Man, they discover more truths about how the show handles its contestants, and they make their way through the end in order to help a resistance army uncover the truth for all to see. So.
2: I I love this movie. I unabashedly like it's great. love this movie. I saw it the first time on TV. Again, was not supposed to be watching TV, caught it on like some TNT, late night, whatever, Saw, like, part of it. I
1: love the TNT late night whatever.
2: I don't even know. Yeah.
1: Best program. <laughs> I really hope. I wish it was
0: actually. TNT like, late now. night. Whatever. Tonight on the TNT late night whatever, The Running Man.
2: But only part of it because Laura has to go to bed. Um, so, yeah, I'd only seen, like, part of this movie ever until I got to college. And then when I went to Best Buy during the holidays to buy Christmas presents, I saw the two-disc, like, special edition DVD set and bought it. And I was pumped to finally see the rest of the movie. So yeah, basically, I, I saw the movie for the first time then fully, not just in part. It was amazing. I haven't seen it in quite a while, but it holds up so well.
1: It does hold up
0: really well. Now, uh, <laughs> it's a much different experience it's watching a very now, different because experience. watching it when I was w- watching it as a As a kid, and interestingly enough, I read the book before I saw the movie. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: The Richard Bachman classic?
0: Only because I loved reading movie tie-in adaptations, especially for movies that I couldn't go see in the theater. And I was 10 when The Running Man came out and was not going to be seeing it in the theater. But I bought the book on a, like, school field trip and like went into a bookshop and Did you
1: go to a, on a field trip to B Dalton? <laughs> A, the, no, we
0: were in, I, well, we were in a mall. It was a, it was a, it was from Sunday school. It was from <laughs> religious school and we went to Phil, we went to Philadelphia and we went to the Bourse, which was like yeah. this old like tr- train station that had been turned into a mall. And that's where I bought my copy of The Running Man, which I, since I don't know, sold to Linda's Book Exchange or whatever Linda's in Cranford's
1: Book Exchange.
0: Linda's Book Exchange got many of my movie tie-ins. And that all that I wish I still had. So um, but seeing that movie, then it was just like, oh, that's crazy. And oh, what do they think up next? And look at the jumpsuits. And now I'm watching it and I'm like, the jumpsuits are the only thing that haven't happened.
2: It's like, what is it? ninja something on TNT late night whatever oh
1: ultimate ninja um, warrior yeah, american, american ninja, warrior. ninja warrior well mom watches that does she hmm. interesting so i mean this show this show this movie did influence american gladiators like that is a fact surprised. um right so clearly we have reality television competition shows we also have police brutality <laughs> so Look at that. We've got it all.
2: Well, and, and I actually made this list here of things that I thought were like extremely pertinent right now. <laughs> Just so, like you said, police brutality, rioting, um, the whole like reality TV, lowest common denominator, entertainment as like violent entertainment, you know, to basically make people feel like they're part of something. Two sides. The whole idea that government and media are tied together, where you can't tell the difference between what is government approved and what is like actual press.
1: Well, yeah. In The Running Man, the Department of Justice has an entertainment division.
2: Yeah. And and that's not too far off from a lot of Mm -hmm. like world leaders who control the media. And it's kind of what we see with Fox News, right? Like that news station, not to get too political, but it very much is aligned with the uh, goals and... The messaging. The messaging the of this administration. Right. And then also income inequality, life being devalued, right? It's just sure. a matter of, well, it doesn't, it's not real because it's on TV. And then the idea that there is no truth. You can't track an objective truth because they're editing it. And I think yes. now about, um, what is it, like a deep fakes, right? Mm-hmm. If we right. can't trust what we see, how will we ever know it's so real? So
1: at the end mm-hmm. of The Running Man, we do see this point where... Richards has gone through all of the opponents and he is going to be going up against captain freedom played by Jesse Ventura and captain freedom ultimately decides like, I'm not going to do this. (laughs) It's, it's very surprising because he's very much like, Oh, this is totally the final boss guy that they're going to bring in. And then the fact that he has like a bit of a conscience is kind of amazing. So when that all happens and the, show and i mean Damien damon killian richard dawson's character essentially is just like all right well you know what if we let them finish it themselves then richard's is going to win so he deep fakes them he they get information of their faces and body movements and they create a scene where richard's loses
2: they create the reality that enforces the the narrative that they've created
1: yeah and
0: and I want to add to that because first, because Killian's got this great line towards the end where he says, and this is very much in line with our, the the current administration and everything. But he says, it has nothing to do with people. It has to do with ratings. Yeah. Yeah. It has nothing to do with people. It has to do with ratings. There's somebody and, else and I with, know right now who's obsessed with ratings.
1: Who is that person? And,
0: and, and doesn't seem to care about human lives. Yeah. Unless they can help him out. But and then you also have the 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 slut shaming of Amber right. oh through this fake God. news. Well, which, by the way, to tell you what slut shaming is in this version of 2017 is they they say sh- that she's had sexual relations with two, sometimes three right. men in a year. In a year. Hussy. Yeah. But it's – I love – but like there's lines like that. There's little things like that. There's lines like the Department of Justice's entertainment division that tell you – and it's it's so smart with the script is it, they tell you so much about the society.
2: Yeah. Or oh, yeah. the constitutional right to an agent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the idea that that would be your representative in this world is not too far-fetched, right? Because it's all the court of public no. opinion. And you see that when – you know, society has basically said, this is a bad guy because they were fed these lies about him. And it right. is this court of a public opinion. It doesn't matter how good he was, how good his intentions were. Because the government and the media has portrayed him as a villain, that is how everyone sees him. Yeah,
0: And what also uh, kind of makes me think, wow, this is real, is the only way the people will turn on Killian is once they see with their eyes, which is an, also a a like doctored could be a do, you know a doctored video it's edited yet we know we the audience know it's real but all of, of Killian being terrible and you know behind the scenes uh towards the end when you know Mick Fleetwood uh Mick takes over the set yeah. Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil Zappa okay. is Mick
1: Fleetwood playing himself? Uh there is there are rumors to that support that argument before anybody says anything else I'm going to run down a list of the people that we're talking about. On the last episode, we teed up the fact that we were going to announce the names of the people who are involved in this movie. And at the end of the episode, Laura, we're quizzing you about their names. Because if you've listened to the Soap Dish episode, you know that remembering names, especially those that are slightly
2: complicated... Not even.
1: Yeah.
0: Robney Downey. <laughs> Dangerfield. Was it Ro- Dan- Robney. So. Robney
1: Downey Jr. Field. Jr. Field. So, <laughs> obviously, Richards names. is played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Amber is played by Marita Conchita Alonzo. William Laughlin is Yafet Kodo, who we remember from Midnight Run in a very different role. <laughs> which
0: Alonzo Mosley. Love Yafet
1: Kodo. And uh, Richard Dawson of Family Feud and Being a Creep plays Damon Killian. I'm just going to get to the the bigger ones. Mick Fleetwood plays Mick. Dweezil Zappa plays Stevie, who's only got a couple lines, but he's part of like the resistance force. Um, Jesse Ventura yeah, there's is another uh, Freedom. There's another what?
0: I'm like, there's another connection, the, oh, the resistance yeah, Antifa. that's camped out. They have their own encampment. Yeah, though they're, they're basically Antifa. Yeah,
1: yeah, uh some of the other ones, uh Toru Tanaka is sub zero, Jim Brown is Fireball. It
2: says Professor Toru Tanaka on your list. Is he actually a professor or is that yes. his interesting.
1: No, that's his wrestling gimmick. <laughs> I was trying to get Laura in. Dr.
2: Something. Paul Michael Glazer.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry, but yeah, it's that like that's you can't beat Dr. Paul Michael Glazer, yeah. so
1: Okay, so now I've closed the list of names. So, Laura, when we get to the end, you're going to get quizzed. I Those hope that you curious. don't have anything written down.
2: I don't. Yes. Okay. But before we go there, and I know, John, you're dying to move this along. I just really quickly wanted to go back to the whole idea that uh, you know people started cheering for Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, when oh no, I do,
1: I wasn't trying to move things along to the end. I just wanted to get to that before we really got into the meat of just things, plan and we got into saved. the meat of things right away. That's a yeah, teaser. Yeah, no,
2: we yeah we went there. Yeah, so and the whole idea that like you know it's only once they've shown the video of um, dam Damien Damon da- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah Damon. That uh, you know the audience turns against him, but it's it's weird because the audience starts to turn against him actually before that. Well, when when he starts to do well, when Schwarzenegger right. starts well, to like, well, there's
1: that one woman in the audience.
0: Yeah, they don't turn on Killian yet, but they start to cheer for Richards.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there is that that part of this too, which is not this movie is not just a reflection of the evils of overintrusive government or median government being too close. It's in an... It indicts ourselves for loving violence. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. Like (laughs) That we allow ourselves to be won over by this all-powerful machine of media and government. Yeah. And the only thing that stands between us and rooting for the bad guy, whoever that may be.
1: Well, the audience is under the impression that the people who their fighters are fighting against are hardened criminals they think that Richards is a you know a mass murderer but they but still start for rooting for him anyway They still
2: start yeah <laughs> yes yeah <laughs> they're still like yeah go I think he's gonna win It's he's just, entertaining it's a perverse world well yeah. also
1: he's entertaining as the as the audience members are supposed to be you know as each fighter comes into the ring to try to root for them then that's when they start getting things like the Running Man home board game and all the different prizes and everything. And it's just like they're fed all this stuff to encourage them to root for death. Because that's what's happening in there is people are getting killed.
2: Well, that's the other crazy thing is like, it's implied that those are the first runners that have ever been killed. So, So basically, this game is just like, everyone loves watching death but no one actually has to grapple with the consequences of death because they're so far removed from it. Whether it's the fact that the people that they're tuning in to see every week live, because it's a you know, a game that's actually kind of rigged against the run- not rigged kind of is rigged against the runners.
0: Well, and then when when he doesn't when when he's got dynamo and he's about to kill dynamo and he doesn't Right.
1: Yeah. 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 Totally. No, it's it's really fascinating and wink wink Richard Bachman wink wink not Stephen King wink wink. I uh, really, you know, saw into the future in a really fascinating way. Well, although I have
0: to rem- I have to say from what I remember of the book compared to the movie, it's very different. Oh, is it really?
2: Yeah, I, I've I- I haven't read the book, but I've read the synopsis of the book on Wikipedia. And it sounds very different.
0: <laughs> it's it's pretty different. I, I I'd have to go back and read it again, but I really I think the movie kind of might have nailed it more. Interesting. <laughs> the
2: movie is much more satirical and funny. It's along the, the lines of is. a demolition
0: man almost. It's, yeah. it's kind of not quite in not quite to the cartoonish. Level of,
1: well, Demolition Man, well, but also, like, RoboCop, you know, where they are satiring all of the things about, you know, media culture that kind of rings true. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So,
0: in in talking about the script, the, the screenplay here, uh, this is one of those that's just loaded with, with the one-liners, and I was curious to know... If you had favorites of the one-liners in this movie, <laughs> not just not just Arnold's, but though mine personally is Arnold's, and it's it's the worst one. It's it's when he, after he kills Sub Zero, he Sub Zero now plane, plane Zero. It's like plane he started, It's like he didn't have an end to the to the
1: to it, and he's it like, not. It's not a good one-liner. No, but there are I,
2: no good one-liners in this movie. Um,
1: yeah. I, no, they're, they're, it's it's almost like he was preparing with Sub Zero's character for his role as uh, Mister Freeze, where the chill. where the one-liners
0: were just as bad.
1: Chill out, yeah, chill yeah. out.
0: But I love I love that line because the last time I watched it, I was just thinking I was like, oh my god, it's like he thought he was going to come up with something really clever, and then that's all he had was uh, now just a plain zero. It's like that he um, says it
1: with confidence. Yeah.
0: <laughs> He says it in his Arnold way. Yeah.
2: Like he in that completely like, like he's never heard a sentence that wasn't monotone.
1: Well, it's also just like the way that he says it, he sells it. So if it was anyone
0: other than Arnold, it it wouldn't work. But I love. Yeah. I love thinking that that was what the character was doing was that. (laughs) Oh, I. Oh, fuck I don't have anything. Well, you also
1: (laughs) have to keep in mind. This is a cop. Notoriously funny people. Clever. With one liners.
2: I also got to say, depending this on movie which police force, hilarious. Metropolitan.
1: That is true. Yeah. That is true. Police this is squad. a straight up
2: funny movie. It's practically like Monty Python cut off an arm, blood spurting at you movie. Yeah. Oh, no. It's oh. super funny. Yeah.
0: Quite literally. Uh, yeah. Like, almost very literally, actually. Quite uh, yeah. literally. Yeah. P- pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. I love that and I love the dancing. Paula Abdul the signature right. with the big with the long arms that go out and then pull them back in slowly. And- that
1: is a very long dance sequence.
2: I love it. It's perfect. Yeah. It you just could made could not me- highlight the the contrast between a TV show that's about killing people including a buzzsaw up the crotch oh yeah through the body and then it's like Beautiful dancers. Don't look over well, there. But
0: cheerlead football cheerleaders. Uh yeah. pro wrestling, WCW Nitro had the Nitro girls, which granted no one's getting yeah. a
1: chainsaw up the up the middle. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but there's plenty of concussions to go around and uh you know. It's still NFL. violence. It's still Oh yeah. 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 So Not to this not to the extent of the running man, but that's kind of no, but the running man as a satire is exaggerated because that's what satire yeah, yeah. does.
2: well, it's so glossy and friendly. The host is so friendly. He's like he knows you. He's been in your living room. He's you know, he's your fun uncle. And there's this familiarity he has. And it makes you realize like what a small step it is between a game show and a show where they're killing each other.
1: Good question gonna just take a quick little survey here survey uh two people have been questioned and uh top two answers who's your favorite family feud host
2: oh steve harvey yeah, come on. That's it, that's it. Pam, name something
1: you might hurt yourself riding on
2: oh lord you know what i'm thinking <laughs> so you might well just say it uh you know what i'm thinking a penis <laughs>
1: Dan? We have Richard Karn, Louie Anderson. We have Damon Killian. Oh, no, no. I mean Richard Dawson.
2: Da- I, Damon? I, I don't
1: know that I have.
0: Damon. Yeah, Damon. Okay. I don't know that I've ever seen a Louie Anderson hosted family feud, but I'm still going to say Louie Anderson's my favorite host.
2: No. Steve Harvey? <laughs> I'm sorry, I have strong feelings about this. There's something to be
1: said about Louis Anderson. And it's I would we're love gonna to- play the feud. All right, survey says. Here's the star of our show.
0: family against the Allen family. And you know what? One of these people could walk out of here with ten thousand dollars. But I. Said, Let's get started. Pay the few. Come on. Come on, yeah. How, How are you? I'm doing great. Good luck. We surveyed a hundred people. Top seven answers on the board. You have to try to find the most <laughs> popular answer. Name a part of the body that gets bigger as adults get older. Freddie. Uh.
1: Penis. What a release! How oh, lucky! How oh, lucky! It's good to know! Stand back, Peter. Let's see, there's
0: penis up there. Uh, come
1: on, Peter. Dan, do you watch Baskets? No, but I want to. Louis Anderson is phenomenal. Is that Galapanakis'
0: mother? Yes. Yes. Christine yeah.
1: Baskets.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you for reminding me. I I, I want to watch that. it's on
1: Hulu. You have to yeah. watch Baskets. Yeah. I got it. Uh, yeah. Steve Harvey down. is definitely is definitely my pick. I feel like Richard Dawson always really creeped me out.
0: Yeah. Very creepy, creepy Richard Dawson. Which they spoofed really nicely in National Lampoon's European Vacation. Oh, <laughs> With uh, oh, who was it? Who played the host of uh, Pig and a Poke? I I I forget. But when he like just Pig and
1: a Poke full on makes oh out god. with like Audrey, I f- totally forget. Right? Oh my pig god! I haven't seen that one in forever. The- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so
2: I will also say this though. So okay, this is going a little off script.
1: There's a script.
2: I mean, this is going a little off the not script path. It was pathed. It's a tangent. I know. A ta- This is a tangent. Yeah. Um, We know them well. Ted Bundy, right, is a a psychopath, sociopath, whatever he is. He's got this like, so Anne Rule, is that her name, who wrote the book about Ted Bundy, the serial killer?
1: You know what? I'm not up on my authors of Ted Bundy (laughs) books. Well, I just want to know where this is going.
2: It's Anne Rule or Anne Rice, and I'm pretty sure no, Anne Rice is it's, the vampire one. Anne Rice and Anne is Anne definitely is. not the one. Oh, I think also, I'd
1: love to read that. I think, I think it's Anne Rule. I think it's Anne. Ruhle. Ruhle. I'd love to read an Anne Rice book about Ted Bundy.
2: That would be amazing. Let's let's put that aside. Anne Rule was actually friends with Ted Bundy, and she said his mask was so perfect it never once slipped with her. Mm-hmm. Like she would never have known because he was such a perfect perfect psychopath, right? Like so charming, so um so endearing, so seemingly empathetic. And that's like what a lot of these game show hosts seem to me. They're too perfect. They're too like empathetic and friendly and on the like money and um I don't know why I threw that in there, but that's what he seems like to me as well.
1: Richard Dawson? Or are you talking about Damon Killian?
2: I mean, all of them.
1: All of them. Uh, yeah. I w- Richard Carn, Rich- Richard Carn. Richard- yeah. Uh, you yeah. could trust and not Richard Not Steve Harvey
2: Karn. either. Well, maybe <laughs> Steve Harvey is. It's a perfect mask. You wouldn't know you were looking at a mask.
1: Steve Harvey is a really smart media mogul. And yeah. uh, I think that that person... Uh, Takes advantage of every minute of every day.
2: Yeah, he's like that person who's like, I get up at 5 a.m. Steve so that Harvey I can has no time to day. be
1: a psychopath.
2: <laughs> Does it take a lot? I, I'm Wait, not saying psychopath, I thought Dwayne Johnson like, was people. the.
0: <laughs> Dwayne Johnson just doesn't sleep. Dwayne Johnson, I don't know, sleeps on the blanks. Yeah. Busy but guy. Back to the running man. I oh, had right. a question. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I I Go had on. a
0: question that kind of goes back to the beginning. So, we know Paul Michael Glazer not the first choice as a director. Now, of course, not the clearly, second. Dr. Paul. All three of us, right. Dr. Glazer not anyone's first choice as a director. Now, we've all, you know, we can all appreciate his work, but if you had to pick another director, who could have Are you realist- talking
1: 1987 or are you talking now? I'm talking 1987.
0: Someone who actually could have been involved in making that. So someone who actually, like, it couldn't be Paul Verhoeven because Paul Verhoeven exactly, was making RoboCop. That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking that, but I was like, it, but if you pick Paul Verhoeven, then in your alternate universe, you lose RoboCop.
1: Um, I think that I would be interested in a Ridley Scott. Yes, the Ridley Scott version.
2: I even had that as like one of my directors that I thought about for, uh-huh. but, you know, when we get to that step. Wink.
0: I definitely thought about thought about Ridley Scott. I mean, then you would lose someone who'll watch over me. But Ridley Scott makes a movie like every year, so I think that's okay. I was thinking about John Carpenter.
1: Oh yeah, John Carpenter would be
0: great. A John Carpenter run. He's got the. I think also the a John Carpenter score. Yeah, would work really well with the Running Man.
1: And, you know, uh, what that would lead me to think is that a uh, Kurt Russell Ben Richards would be a pretty good choice. It would be. Yeah, I, I'm not saying that I'm not saying it's a package deal. Like if you pick
0: Scorsese, it doesn't mean that De Niro's your Ben Richards.
2: Yeah, Well, you know, likely I'll be back. I'll be back. I, I know very <laughs> few directors from the 80s other than Steven Spielberg.
1: Correct. That's his name.
2: I'm trying to envision a Steven Spielberg presents The Running Man.
0: John Williams score. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) We've been listening to a lot of the Harry Potter score. It's just (laughs) children. (laughs)
2: We don't need another hero.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. You read my mind. That's exactly what I was thinking it would turn out to be, is Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, the resistance is all those children from from oh, Beyond yeah. Thunder. Oh,
1: Beyond by Thunder the way, him. fuck Shaking Mel Gibson. Sorry. Oh, um, yeah. Fuck that guy. Oh, yeah. Back this in the is, news for yeah. being a garbage shithead. Also, Keanu
2: Reeves in the news for being awesome.
1: Yes, I was... Really nervous that, I mean, I know the news, but I was like, you better finish this by saying something really good, really quick, because, so as of the day we're recording this, Winona Ryder just came out with information about some awful things that Mel Gibson said to her, which he denies, and we all know the truth, but some really wonderful things about uh, her experience with Keanu Reeves on Bram Stoker's Dracula.
2: Um, Love that she's spilling the tea, and that... Keanu Reeves is the best. I just love him.
1: Right. So, what happened there is Francis Ford Coppola directed the cast to yell at her and like call her a whore to like get her upset and bring up these emotions. But, like, Keanu Reeves wouldn't do it. I believe some other cast members like refused to do it. So, she uh, acknowledged that.
2: Yeah.
0: Gary Oldman just went for it. Yeah, You're going to be I,
2: cast in my Steven Spielberg directed Running Man. I'm just kidding.
0: I mean, yeah, Keanu <laughs> would make a good alternate Ben. Re- not Keanu in 1987, a
1: mid 90s Keanu. Keanu now, yeah, Keanu now. I think. Hmm.
2: Are we getting there? Are we? Are we doing this? Oh, we're. In are we in it? Okay, we're, we're in, it.
1: in it. I would see Keanu Reeves in the Mick character.
2: Which one's Mick?
1: Uh, played by Mick the Resistance. Fleetwood. He is like the head of the resistance. You
0: You're the one cop, of the ones who arrested all my friends, friends burned, burned my all songs. my songs. People like you took this country, and turned it into a jail. We don't want his death on our hands. He's a cop. He's the butcher of Bakersfield. Come on, Mick. You can see through that crap. It's network propaganda. We don't know that. We know we wouldn't be here if he hadn't helped us. We also know he's not one of us. Perhaps now he's seen too much. I've seen too much? What I've seen is a bunch of low foreheads who think they can change the world with dreams and talk. It's too late for that. If you're not ready to act, give me a break and shut up.
2: <laughs> oh my right. god. So uh, is, is like, he like in the band Fleetwood Mac?
0: He is yeah. the Fleetwood of Fleetwood Mac.
1: Yeah, the drummer. Yeah.
2: I thought well, maybe it was just like a good And then last Dweezil
0: night. Zappa's character is. Is, Dweezil Zappa. is Stevie. Stevie Nicks.
1: Right. Yeah. Wait, so there no. was there are there is a conspiracy theory that Mick Fleetwood is playing future Mick Fleetwood and that somehow like Fleetwood Mac is like part of the resistance, which is like, I love that. I love that. We're so used to I, fighting really, each other. Really we, we know how to fight other people. <laughs> oh, totally. I I love that casting, by the way, of Mick Fleetwood and Dweezil Zappa.
2: Yeah. I feel like there was some great casting. I actually feel like the woman who played Amber, Maria Conchita. Go on. Uh, uh,
1: Alonzo. Alonzo.
2: Um, I feel like she was great. Like a legit, not like Arnold Schwarzenegger is great. Like a, oh, she actually sold that well,
1: role. Maria Conchita Alonzo was She wasn't fantastic. just no. the the girlfriend. She
0: wasn't just, she wasn't the love interest. She was thrown no. into this.
1: She was a worthy
0: yeah. Competitor, yeah. yeah,
1: and she was she was doing the right thing. She saw that this person was framed for this awful, awful situation, and she, you know, I believe that she like worked for the TV station or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, she
2: did. She was a jingle writer.
1: Oh, she was a jingle writer. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, she went into like the archives and found the unedited footage of the uh, Bakersfield mascot, Bakersfield, where baskets takes place.
2: Ooh, also her outfit when she goes and steals that unedited footage. Let me tell you, I would wear that today. That is yeah. business bitch high fashion. And I, uh, I'm and here how
0: for about it. how she like very subtly implies how she smuggled the footage out?
1: Oh, yeah. Oh I don't think God. I ever picked up I love on that, that. before.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I immediately so picked good. up on that. So good. What a hero. So, uh, Laura. Yes.
1: What would you do with this film today?
2: So I, I'm kind of of two minds. I'm like lean into the darkness or lean into the comedy. And if you lean into the comedy, you make it super bloody, like super duper extreme absurdist comedy, bloody madness. So my feeling is if you lean into the darker elements of it, right, that kind of like 1984, this is the future that we face if we do not correct course part of it right? That's the like modern interpretation because we feel like we're careening into this world anyhow. In that case, I see it as a prestige HBO drama miniseries. And um, I had to write down a list of directors and much like what I did for Soap Dish, I literally just had to Google people who are directors of movies because I could not think of a single name.
0: Or doctors.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Paul Right. And honestly, like, most of my names are more towards the absurdist humor part of this. But for the really dark, I thought, like, Christopher Nolan or Catherine Bigelow. Oh, Okay. Like- Strange days. Yeah. It's like, and, and, and in that case, what I saw, less of, like, a remake was actually a prequel. Huh. Okay. Which is how Running Man came to be. Oh, that'd
0: be cool. I- so I had that that uh, same question there in terms yes. of the people.
2: So so this is a, a future society not too far future, or in the case of the actual Running Man movie, a couple of years ago, where the media has has recently um, been co opted by the government. And you're kind of seeing this transition period between free press and press that is entirely dominated by the government. And um in this version, I see the press that is kind of leading the way to this government control as, as a fox, which is the obvious low-hanging fruit here. Yeah. And so, um, instead of there being a Damien, there's like a, a female, very attractive, serious <laughs> <laughs> news lady. And I always think Margot Robey, Ro- Robey? Robbie. Robbie? Robbie for these well, roles. She's unbelievably gorgeous, unbelievably blonde, and has a face where, when she smiles, she can smile to make you feel like it's a warm smile, and she has a smile that can make you feel like she's a literal devil, just hidden under beautiful skin. So it
0: kind of sounds th- well Dan, in you Bombshell, take where she plays. Um, yeah. oh What's 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 her name? She what's plays. The-
1: d- did you see Bombshell? That's well, Margot Robbie plays a fake. Person. Oh, right. Her, right. Who, who, uh,
0: was it Naomi Watts who plays Megan Kelly or Charlize Theron?
1: No, Charlize Theron. Yeah. That's how good the makeup yeah. is, is. that You don't even remember who it Bananas. was. Bananas. Uh, she's so good. But uh, yeah, Margot Robbie plays a person who is trying to be one of those people and ends up with Roger Ailes, who is trying to make her do, well, but th- does make her do awful things. And she, you know, actually speaks out about it.
2: Yeah. I'm just imagining like her and Christian Bale like as these two talking heads and that's like the beginning of the end for media, right? Two beautiful faces of tyranny that lie wow, Christian face. Bale is
0: a Fox News talking head. Yeah. That I'd like to see. And then- He's almost too interesting
1: looking.
2: No, but he's yeah. he's got yeah. that- I mean- He
1: could do that.
2: The sharpness and the- Yeah. It's why he was so good in that movie where he plays that, that bad man who's a psychopath Dick like Cheney? Bundy.
1: Oh. American Psycho? American <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> yeah. But yes,
2: Dan.
1: <laughs> well done. About.
2: No, but it's, was it's that oh, awesome. uh, young Republican Advice. feeling to him, right? Where he's got like his hair slicked back. And yeah. He's got the like 80s. You know, sure. I was part of the secret society that I can't talk about from Yale. Yeah. 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 Skulls. I saw that um, movie. I sound like a conspiracy theorist here. But in this in this movie version, right, obviously Ben is not a factor because this is pre-Running Man. So... Um. I got to go with Michael B. Jordan. Uh, It's always Michael B. Jordan for me.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: All right. So that's my one idea. My other one, right, is the lean into the comedy, and it's a pure remake. It's just a batshit crazy, balls to the wall, remake this shit, and, and lean even more into the comedic, absurdist elements of it, which are already clearly there. And again, I have to actually go to my written list of people who are directors, because i could not pull one of these names out of the air without it i kind of thought that Re- ryan johnson Rian? ryan johnson ryan johnson would be perfect because it really is like what he did with their fresh take on a detective novel with um, knives out i could see him doing here with like one of those 80s over the top dystopian movies he's done
0: sci-fi action before um, this is true
2: and also something that i think is um we've talked about a little here is like this is a Stephen King book, right? Like
1: what do you mean? It's a Richard Bachman book.
2: <laughs> Richard Bachman, eh? There's some formula here that could be you know reevaluated from a modern absurdist perspective. and in that case, um, I couldn't figure out how to cast it for the life of me. okay, but it would get, it was gonna be absurd. It was gonna be absurd. I, I wrote down some names.
0: John um, Heater is Ben Richards.
2: Donald Glover, <laughs> uh, J.K. Simmons, okay, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, Viola Davis, Elizabeth Moss—they're all people.
1: <laughs> this they are is people. true. <laughs> did you just Google human people?
2: Human people who act for a living. Gotcha. That was my exact Google phrase.
1: So Dan, what did you have? Well,
0: in mind? I I toyed around with the idea of the prequel of like the How did we get here? idea i couldn't really i was thinking i tried to really place a remake and and the original despite its flaws does fall so nicely between the the dystopian action and satire that i didn't really i, I wasn't feeling the remake i wasn't necessarily feeling the prequel so i was thinking about a sequel what would you do yeah and let's say in In the sequel, all right, so it's 2050. So we've had our years of... Oh, by the way, in the prequel, you would find out how Fleetwood Mac becomes involved with the Resistance. Absolutely. (laughs) They had an album out that year, and I wonder if there's a connection.
1: But... You know what? I bet that it would have a lot to do with cocaine. cocaine. I digress. Anyway, in
0: in the sequel, Arcade Fire is leading the revolution. (laughs) It's Wynn
1: Butler is the... uh, does Arcade Fire have enough I don't know like weird backstory? No, I don't. I just pulled
0: okay. I just I was like what who would be funny as like the resistance from like our for like our generation's music.
1: Billie Eilish is the head of the resistance? That the actually stripes, makes sense.
2: They've got some right they people thought they were siblings but they were actually exes.
1: I think that if you were making this movie like 10 years ago Okay.
0: (laughs) Maybe Drake. Maybe Drake is the head of the resistance. Okay. Anyway, in the sequel, so you've you've seen that you know as, as happens, the pendulum has swung. So after these years of 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 fascism and and tyranny and exploitation, you have these you know incredibly progressive, wonderful years where we you know we make we we make progress as as a society as a civilization. and then things get shitty again. There's, you know, stock market crashes, whatever you had a Bitcoin failure in 2050, whatever it is. And it has now, it's almost fallen back. And there is now a reboot of The Running Man. Because. Uh, yeah. Because it's like, oh, hey, remember last time we were in that situation? Hey, let's make America great again and bring back the running man. He
2: just couldn't learn from history. Well,
0: but I now, mean,
1: there's also, a, you know, could exist in the idiocracy universe. True,
0: true. Um, and my, my thought was that, like, Ben Richards sees what's going on and actually tries to rebuild a resistance and that you would have... Either I, I have three names: I have Michael B. Jordan, Zoe Saldana, and Ronda Rousey,
1: <laughs> mm. as possible. People, is Ronda Rousey still, I don't know, in the public eye? Well, um, I feel she, like she just kind of dropped out of everything a few years ago. Well, she was uh, in a Fast and the Furious movie, and then kind of just well. That's because you don't watch. World disappeared.
0: That's because you don't watch pro wrestling. She main evented WrestleMania thirty five. I did uh, not
1: even know she was involved. I knew that she did MMA, but I didn't know that she was involved with like she progress- signed to WWE,
0: WWE and she uh-huh. she had a uh, uh a good run in WWE. She then she just she left to start a family, but she will probably come back to WWE and like I just I I think that's kind of where she'll go back to. So she's honing those acting skills. I know
1: she's done some acting. Well, clearly WWE. But I know she did Fast 7? Fast and Furious 7? Yeah. I think. It was one of those. And I know that she's done some other movies, but I don't remember seeing any of them. Yeah, I don't, I just, I, like, I think she's charismatic, she's a
0: badass, and just trying to think of, like, who would kind of take over that mantle, and I'm sure there's other names, like, there's, there's always, like, I'm, I'm probably ten years behind, like, I don't, maybe Zoe Saldana has done enough sci-fi now, but I was just like, man, she just, like, she's really good at kicking ass. Yeah, she's great.
2: Yeah. You should Google, um, People female who actresses act. female actresses that will help you
1: people um, who act plus boobs booby actresses
2: <laughs> don't uh, do google that
0: no no but i was also thinking that if you brought it back and you had your new host i was like man i wonder what mark maron would be like as as the oh yeah the host of the running man of like the running man 2.0 or whatever it would be yeah
1: i could see him doing that Running Man 2050, I just like
0: between his work on Glow and, yeah. you know, just what he can, what he can do. I, f- I think he'd be, I think he'd be good in that role. Yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah.
0: yeah. So that's, uh, so that's right. And I, I, for a director, yeah, it's kind of hard because do you, where do you want to, like Laura, like you were saying is, do you want to lean into the dark or lean into the funny
2: do you want me to read you my list of names?
0: Of of human people who direct <laughs> films?
2: Di- people who direct films, yes.
0: And or doctors?
2: Yes, doctor, directors, actors, slash models.
0: PhD, physical director.
2: Yes, exactly. Ryan Johnson, Christopher Nolan, Spike Lee, Catherine Bigelow, Ava DuVernay, Pedro Almodovar. Jordan Peele, am I not? Am I going bad? I'm.
1: I'm just wondering Pedro it. Almodovar. I'm sorry.
2: Did I say it wrong?
1: No, no, no,
0: no. Actually, I think you got. It. I'm, are these your list? Is this your directors who you would like to see direct the Running Man?
2: It's kind of a list of directors. I just pull up the internet. <laughs> yeah, these like hot directors now. <laughs> okay, Laura.
1: These are way, these are all over the place. Well,
2: that's why I was hoping it helps spark something for dance. I it's, like
0: the Spike, I mean, Spike Lee, I, you, some of those directors I feel like are capable of anything, like Spike Lee and Ava DuVernay.
2: Yeah. Oh, get ready, like, more. Oh, no. She did a wrinkle. Woody Allen? No, oh, no, he's, no. He's, no. Uh, no. Uh, Bong Joon-ho? Oh, <laughs> okay. a Bong Joon Ho
1: Running yes. Man would be interesting. Yes, it, it would be yes. more like Snowpiercer
2: that's style. What I was, yeah,
0: but yeah. that's that would work. That would work
1: really well. Okay,
2: uh, Cohen Brothers. That's like yeah. the absurdist. The Softy Brothers.
1: Okay, oh, Softy, okay.
2: and Dennis Villeneuve.
1: Denny Villeneuve. <laughs>
2: I was
0: thinking about him, too, but I feel like his style is... Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like his style is is very um, serious. And I love his movies, but...
1: Right. I think that for something like this, the auteur route might not be the strongest decision. But the Bong Joon-ho... Bong Joon-ho would make a very interesting one. And I think that with Bong Joon-ho, because he has a history of... You know, making things that talk about the separation of wealth, the the division of yeah. I, I mean, that's snow a piece, lot of what Snowpiercer. Snowpiercer, but also Parasite. Parasite yeah, you know, deals with that. He, yeah. I mean, I think that he would be a really interesting one for this. I like it.
2: Thank you. I think You're he
1: welcome. would. Yeah, yeah. I I like that one. Any anyone else?
0: I'm curious to see um, who's who's next on on your. On your list.
2: Oh, that was it. That was the whole list of like, you know, top 15 hottest directors. Oh,
0: Sam Mendes. Sam actually, Mendes. Actually, you, know you know who would do good? Alfonso Cuarón. That would be I good. Think would make what, a, has
1: he done much lately? He's kind of fallen off my radar with Ronda Rousey <laughs> around that same time. Alfonso
0: Cuarón has not uh, signed any WWE contracts.
2: Um, oh. That we know of.
0: This
1: is an exclusive, everybody. We're here to announce that
2: that he has done it. So
1: so Roma, Roma was his uh, Roma, right? 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 Yeah, Yeah. not so much a running man, but I, you know, going back to like the Harry Potter, Children of Men, Children of Men, Children of Men Men is amazing.
2: But think about like Pedro Almodovar to go to like a um, a Spanish speaking like foreign director. Mm -hmm. He does a ton of very like visually interesting, very. Over the top, dramatic soap opera, crazy balls to the wall work. So I mean, yeah, I always think of like his more recent stuff, but also one of his early things was um, "Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown," uh-huh.
0: mm-hmm. which is up, very down.
2: bizarre. Yeah, and Almodovar,
0: I'd be, I'd be interested to see him. Yeah, it, it maybe, maybe the maybe that's the answer for 1987. Who? Yeah,
1: uh, right. You know. <laughs>
0: Gail Garcia Bernal as as a as uh, Ben Oh Richards, yeah. Or, I could
1: yeah. see that. So where my mind went was a remake, and clearly there's a lot of things that are going on nowadays that make a lot of sense with the original, as we've discussed. So I was mostly going for casting choices, and some of the people that I thought were definitely Michael B. Jordan. Michael that was B. Jordan. like the first person I thought of. I was Thinking, I started to think a little bit about like Dwayne Johnson, and I was like, "No, that's just like too obvious. We can't have him just doing Arnold Schwarzenegger. That's everyone's just going to be comparing it to Arnold Schwarzenegger's performance. We know he could do it; it would be fine. Whatever. Uh, some of the other people that I was thinking of were Ryan Gosling. I'd love to see a Ryan Gosling Richards. I I'm a big fan. Another Killian that I thought of. Michael Shannon and Dan. I listened to your uh, your episode of um, remind me the, oh, uh, the name the, of the podcast. The lighter side,
0: essential stories.
1: Yeah the uh, the essential lighter the lighter side the lighter side. And uh, yes, you talk about the the passion for Michael Shannon. Of course, and well, he yeah. yeah. I mean,
0: he, Michael when Michael Shannon comes up, I like we've he's you know we're a fan
1: of his. But the number one. Killian that I thought of, and if if this was going to be the case, I think that Killian would have to be a more central character in this story. Bill Hader, you're you're thinking about it. I don't think that you totally see it the way that I see it, but
0: I'm picturing it. I'm taking a moment. I'm thinking of Bill Hader in the different roles that I've seen him play, and that and I am getting it. It took me a moment because it's a huge departure.
1: he can play completely charming, very charismatic, and then in an instant, like you've seen in Barry. Barry yeah. Dan, have you seen
0: Barry? I saw the first yeah. season. I haven't watched season two yet. Oh, it's so good.
2: So I think the thing with like whoever is Dame, Damon, 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 killing's killing's. <laughs> no, that's not right. Killian has to be very like smooth and vicious, two faced. Right. Um, And whoever plays like a Ben Richards type character has to be very able to survive Mm because you have to believe that they can survive. So it's funny because like when you said Bill Hader, I immediately thought actually Ben Richards. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Right. As this like person who gets dragged to something that they're not really prepared for. But then I was like, but how would he survive? A Bill
0: Hader as Ben Richards would be interesting as well. I could see that. Yeah, because yeah. Bill Hader is kind of like the, I'm in this situation. What what am I going to do next? Which very much in Barry, you see that. Mm.
1: Well, yeah. also, you have to think about it. And it's like, people don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, real people who aren't Arnold Schwarzenegger don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. So, like, realistically, the people who would be in this situation are more likely to have the build of a, of Bill, a Bill Hader. Hader yeah. And
2: Bill Hader's ripped. Like, let's not. Well,
1: he's in good shape, but like Arnold Schwarzenegger is like extra human. He there's something. Well, he has extra DNA in his body. That's like not human.
2: Well, But I also think like get away from the Schwarzenegger. Well, I mean, it's old steroids, I'm sure.
0: I don't think he's done them recently.
2: Right. It's that 1987
1: steroids. Yeah, Exactly.
2: Well, I also was thinking like, you know, if you have this Arnold Schwarzenegger vision in your mind, like it's really hard to also cast a woman. And I think actually a woman in that role would be really interesting. Well, and I
0: think that and that's where Zoe Saldana and and Ronda Rousey came up because then you already know you're not expecting the Arnold Schwarzenegger
2: running man. Yeah. And that's like why I had Viola Davis in here is because I'm like, having seen, she was like widows, right? Yeah. She was so Mm -hmm. like... Was was very good. I feel that like that's role.
1: one that people did not check out and yeah. really should. I, yeah. I, I, was, was,
2: I love that movie. I,
1: I, yeah, I was a
0: little... I had high expectations that, that were not met. But I, I will gotcha. say that I had high expectations. And I love Viola Davis. She's wonderful.
2: Viola, yes. Did not say Viola before. Viola Davis. Viola
0: Davis, yeah. Um, and it makes me think of people who I would have cast... Uh had this been remade in like the late '90s, like a Michael Douglas as Killian and Angela Bassett as Richards?
1: Okay, I have an issue with Michael Douglas being kind of like an action hero. Well,
2: but he wouldn't be, be as Killian. Killian.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I thought that you were saying as Richards. Sorry. No, no, no. My my Richards uh, yeah, would I be Angel- s- Angela Bassett. 1997 Angela, Angela Bassett. Bassett. Yeah, totally. I could definitely see that.
2: But Viola Davis has like, she's given her work in um, How to Get Away with Murder and Widows. And like, she can carry the physicality of the role. And then the, like, using her brain power to get through this show. What
0: about Kerry Washington? I'm sorry. I'm thinking about- Oh, yeah. She'd be great. I was just, I was was drawing a blank on her name for a moment. And I thought of Django. And I was, oh my God, Kerry Washington is someone who's, you know, in that right age- who could? Who's someone who's yeah. believable, but you could also believe her getting by on the on those wits. Yeah, in the Running Man or no, running, totally. Running I mean, I think like the runner. It would be called the runner, not the Running Man. Sure. Yeah. So that would kind of be the the reboot. Yeah,
2: and I could also see like if we're so for in my scenario where it's the prequel, right? Like you're getting into Running Man becoming a show. The first person is not going to be your Arnold Schwarzenegger because they are not to that point where they're like so hungry for someone to really compete. They're just like, who's the enemy of the state? Who's the most convenient? And you'd see it being the head of programming for the news station that's been taken over by the government. And you have to believe that that person has like the intellect and the charisma to lead a news station and also be the first one going into running man too, or the runner.
0: So, oh no, but but well, but you're talking about the prequel where it would be the Running Man,
1: right? Yeah, this right. isn't where. Uh,
2: by no, the way, I, I realized I went backwards. By the way, I haven't
1: actually gotten into my actual idea. I'm sorry. I'm right. just, I just I just pictured <laughs> Anderson
0: like, and I know Anderson Cooper doesn't run CNN, but I'm imagining Anderson Cooper on the Running Man. <laughs> it's pretty yeah.
2: awesome. It could be good. I mean, that'd be amazing.
1: So my my like full idea, and I feel like I kind of like teased it before accidentally. Is that the Running Man remake would actually be a new part of the Fast and the Furious franchise. Where the core group of Fast and the Furious drivers, you know, you got your Vin Diesel. You got your The Rock. You have your Jason Statham. Not anymore. (laughs) What do you mean not anymore? Dwayne Johnson
0: and Vin Diesel have beef. They're not going to be in the same movie.
1: Well, this is imagination world, Dan. This podcast isn't an actual pitch. What? <laughs> so, you have the group from the Fast and the Furious. You have Ludacris. You know, you've got the whole the whole gang. And uh Roman, I forget uh, who plays Roman.
0: Roman? Which one is Roman? The character Roman? Yeah, I don't He's
1: I, uh, He's the guy who doesn't seem like he really belongs there and is very like reluctant to do anything and then ends up I don't know but Same Michelle Rodriguez day. is going to be there, right? Michelle Rodriguez, of course. So oh, she'd what be an you awesome do is contestant. you have Sorry. Yeah, so you have this group and the government who they have worked with has now turned against them and they are being framed for like an international incident and they have to be on the run from everybody in order to survive and because the government, like the DOJ, has a deal with the network, it's all being televised. So, anyway, yes, that would be the Fast and the Furious tie-in with the Running Man,
0: the Driving Man,
1: the Driving. Although they people, wouldn't be driving,
0: they'd ha- they would well, they would have to run Fast and Furious. They well, would not be
1: also. They don't just drive; they are in all sorts of motor vehicles. Throughout the franchise. Oh, yeah.
0: But they would be without vehicles in this. It would be an interesting turn.
2: Well, there are like all the resistance people who are hanging out. So maybe one of the resistance people is like,
0: here's a car. Oh, that <laughs> would be such a moment.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Definitely. You think, if we could oh, have a
0: crowded theater, fucked. there would be applause. Yeah. Yeah. So- We've got plenty of ideas. Hollywood, it's on you. <laughs> Mick Fleetwood has the Fleetwood Mac touring bus.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't stop Don't sit thinking on the about sofa. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, anyway, those are our ideas. Hollywood, they're all yours. Uh, Dan, we have not discussed what we're going to do on the next episode, but we have our short list. Do you want to pick one? Yeah as
0: we said earlier uh the month of July will be July here and we are going to be kicking off our month long tribute to Joel Schumacher with uh, uh, and it's hard to say what is his like you know the quintessential Joel, Sch- Joel Schumacher film but one that that has really held up and remained uh you know kind of a contemporary classic yeah. is also from 1987
2: Oh, so that's right. The perfect we segue. We extend our stay in
0: 1987 because we're going to take a look at the Lost Boys. I'm very excited. Oh, Kiefer Sutherland, Alex Winter. Alex Winter.
1: Predunted. Yeah.
2: The guy playing the saxophone.
1: Oh, yes.
2: <laughs> yes.
1: Um, Why? Okay. I know his name. Wait, the guy playing the saxophone? Yes. You know his name? Yes. Oh. Shit. Because he's also like Tina Turner's saxophone player. Was addicted to heroin, became a bodybuilder to cut the habit. Fuck, his name is escaping me right now. But you sure know John a lot about him. John knows <laughs> everything about him but his name. Uh, Tim okay. Capello. I, oh, I thought wow. of it yeah. as I was like looking at his picture. Tim Capello. Okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Did we talk about him when we talked about Mad Max? Is he like in Beyond Thunderdome? He
1: is in the music video for "We Don't Need Another Hero." We He's not need in the movie. Yes. No, but we did. We did talk
0: about him. Tim on Capello. That episode.
1: Yes. Very yeah. much in the Lost Boys.
0: Yeah. No. The Lost Boys. Great movie. Diane Weest Love Diane. Oh, Wiest.
1: excellent, Diane Diane movie. So, Laura, as, yes. we, as we said earlier. Yeah, you're gonna get quizzed. Oh shit! Who plays? We're gonna start simple. Who plays Ben Richards?
2: Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger.
1: Very good. Who plays Amber?
2: Maria, Conchita Alonso.
1: Very good. I uh, I believe his character's name was Randolph William Randolph. Is that right? I'm blanking on it. Laughlin. Laughlin. Wait. Yeah. Laughlin.
2: Like, is it someone who I'd know?
1: We have mentioned his name. Twice
2: Nick, um, Mac, Mac Fleetwood
1: Nope, Yafet Kodo
2: Oh, uh, Yafet Kodo
1: Okay, who plays Stevie? Nix No
2: Wait, <laughs> wait, the Diesel Diesel Weasel Diesel Weasel? <laughs> no, Frank Zappa's <laughs> son Diesel Diesel Zappa
1: Very close, Diesel Zappa D- Vin Diesel, Zappa. <laughs> Zappa. Vin Diesel, uh, and who plays Damon Killian?
2: Fuck man, um, I know he also hosted. I was going to say the Price is Right, but that's not it. It's Family Feud. Richard <laughs> Dawson, Richard Dawson, go.
1: very good. Thank you. Very good. Well done. Uh, well done. I think that that's those are the ones that I wanted to cover.
0: Dan. Uh, yeah, I'm. I I I can't think of it. I don't. Who plays Weiss? I don't.
1: Know. Uh, uh, I, don't I don't know.
0: Yeah. Uh, apologies to that actor. Oh, how about who plays uh, Captain? I I want to say Captain America, but I know it's not Captain oh, Freedom. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, his he. Um, oh my God. So he was Minnesota's governor. Hmm. Um, he's also very big, like Arnold Schwarzenegger is.
1: Famously. Famously. Um. Also. Start alongside Arnold Schwarzenegger. I know, and we just predator. watched this
2: Predator. I I just saw his name, and I wanted. It, it's like a basic name. Okay, like I, Kevin will say, I will say. I will say this: right? the
1: the words that go in between the first and last name are typically, and I put them in quotes. The body that
2: does not help me. Oh, okay. Um. Oh my God, Ventura, Jesse Ventura. Yes.
1: yes. Very oh, good. knocked it out of the park. Jesse the
2: body Ventura (laughs) Never a
0: doctor There was professor Do you remember the professor? Professor What is his Uh, name?
2: uh, Professor Two names with T's I don't even
1: remember it I don't know It it Toru Tanaka I think Toru Tanaka Lost Boys on the next episode Dan I'm really excited
2: Oh And thank you all For this very special episode
1: Thank you for joining us Laura On this episode Yeah
2: Very special episode Yeah Wow
0: And we look forward to having you back
2: Good Um Go oh, ahead What do you guys always say Good uh oh no Good evening to you sir That's not it <laughs> Good And
0: a good evening to you sir
1: Oh shit
0: And a Laura allow me please Good journey
2: Good journey
1: Good journey, good
2: journey. This is no